Gray Fox. Praise games. you waiting hello and welcome to gray fox plays games the video games podcast for people that long for those days of the n64 whilst clinging on to the future of a ps5 join me on the pod today i've got my souls man he is the souls playing sunshot shooting international superstar stocker missing michael carlton edwards how are you doing sir i am wonderful that was a wonderful intro they get better every single week and yes i do miss international superstar soccer so yeah i'm not too bad bro how are you doing Pray for ISS. Um, yeah, I'm good, thanks, man. I've uh, it's been uh, apologies to our regular listeners. It was a bit. We're a week later than originally recording because I've been absolutely smashed with work. Uh, speaking about being smashed, let's bring in our producer, Jonathan Miles. There is no relation between being smashed. I'm not accusing you of drinking. <laughs> I was going to say, where's this? I'm a little bit rusty, as we can clearly see. Uh, producer Miles, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good, apart from being a bit. <laughs> A bit drunk, and I, uh, it's all good. <laughs> Why well, you pick up on command there, like a classic Disney character? Yeah, yeah. Well. Who done? Who done classic drunk better? Was it the elephants or was it the the cat? You know, I remember like, the classic cat in Pinocchio when he was a bit drunk. Oh, the cat, the cat for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, no fair, fair enough. Um, anyway, before we uh, go into the news and stuff like that, what have we been playing over the last couple of weeks, gents? Do you want to go first, Mr. Moles? Uh, yeah, it's going to be short and sweet because I haven't had much time at all. Um, it's the summer holidays and I've got kids off so and I'm working from home and they need entertaining. So, yeah, I have been too damn tired to play anything for too long. So, yeah, just diving in, in and out of the, um, off the back catalogue. Still going. I'm still waiting for some juicy new PS5 games to come out. That I want to play. Yeah, I'm waiting. No. It's a slow burn, isn't it? It's a slow burn. We've got a good couple of months coming up, though. So hopefully, in the, in the near near future, I get some my, my teeth into some juicy games. But yeah, unfortunately, that's me, boys. Mister Sunshot, what's been uh, on your list? You, you early adopters, eh? The old, <laughs> the old early <laughs> PlayStation Five. Oh, I'm just going to play my PS4 games instead, eh? Oh, look at that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. So I've still been cracking through Bloodborne, trying to get the old platinum. It's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? It's going to happen. And when, pop. It, when it happens, I'm going to be very, very happy. Um, I've also been playing uh, a little bit of Switch recently because I, I don't know if I told you guys, I bought the um, the Hori Split Pad Pro. Right. Uh, my dog ate my ah, Joy-Con, yes. right? And I've been using uh, a Switch, uh, uh, the Hori Switch Split Pad Pro, if I can get they the words They name out. your stuff easily, don't they? No, they don't. I spent a long time researching. Okay, I only play in handheld. I don't really play in, um, in on the TV very, very rarely. So I was like, I need, you know, it's never been the most comfortable thing in the world to, to play. Um, so let's see what I can do. I will say very happily that the Hori Split Pad Pro has been a fantastic investment. Um, ah. I can play that down switch for a long old time with very little in the way of cramps, very little in the way of discomfort. Um, the analog sticks are good. The triggers are really good. It's it's genuinely a smashing bit of kit and it's cheaper than a pair of Joy-Cons. Obviously, you can't 
um, play on the TV with them, but I don't play on the TV. And I've got a Switch Pro controller for TV work, you know, if I ever mm. fancy it. Um, they fit. You can still keep them on and fit the Switch into the dock, which so I never have to take them off, which is great. Um, it's really good. But I, I haven't really been playing too much uh, recently. Um, the only thing I've had a bit of a go, and I found myself getting a little bit too into it, was um, – I don't know if you guys, look, you know me, I like my Pokemon, yeah? There's a new Pokemon game out, isn't there, Mr. Michael Carden-Edwards? Right, Pokemon Unite, correct? I see, right. yes. It's like a, um, how would you, like a, a, a MOBA, I can't say, a, a, a MOBA, I think that's the word, um, where basically you are a Pokemon and it's a team-on-team thing and it's, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really good. It helped that, like... My first Pokemon I chose was was a was a Charizard, and I was like, "This is quite fun." And then I, I very quickly unlocked enough of these coin thingies because it's a free to play game, right? To unlock Gengar, and now Gengar is my favorite Pokemon. So I basically been rocking around as that guy, and it is, it's it's a hoot. My first couple of my first game, my first ever game online, I was the top scorer. Yeah, I got the mm. MVP award, and my team won. And I was like. I have never played one of these games before. I've never played League of Legends or any of those things. Turns out, maybe that's my calling. Yeah, maybe that's my calling. Very, very enjoyable. Nice, man. Nice. I've been down a bit of a rabbit hole playing Among Us loads over the last couple of weeks, and that, that's a very that's a very young person's game to play. But I've just been absolutely loving it. Been playing it with a few people at work, and then and I kind of went down a rabbit hole. Started joining other people's games, playing with strangers. I feel like I've I've discovered some dating app, and that my wife doesn't know about, and I'm hiding in the corner and swiping to find all these Among Us games. Then all of a sudden, I'm joining Among Us Anonymous classes. <laughs> no, but seriously, I've really have been digging Among Us. The only thing is. And I don't get this. If someone with knowledge or just general like smartness can can explain to me why. Among Us, free iOS game. Awesome. I want to play it on my Switch. Okay, $2.99. I can stomach that. I can understand. There'll be some development costs. Might be some infrastructure things to allow this to happen. And I was like, oh, they're doing it for PS5. They're doing a PS5 version. What's a PS5 version bring of Among Us? Because the idea is that you could, it doesn't, here's the, the gimmick is like anyone can play it, whether it's on your iOS device or an Android phone or, or, or a console. It doesn't really matter. The graphics are still the same. The experience is the same. So wh- why is it such a big deal that they're doing a special edition for the PS5? Um, and also, why does it cost so much money? It's going to cost like 45 bones to what? play Among Us on the PS5. Now, do I get next-gen graphics? No, because it's going to be the same. Do I get instant loading? No. So what is the point? If someone out there can explain, A, the cost, B, as in like the why, and B, why is anyone in their right mind would pay any form of their hard-earned schmeckles on playing Among Us when you can literally play it for free on, oh, well, the man oh, no, in the corner. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I have something else to say. I have nothing to do with Among Us. I have no, I've played it like <laughs> twice. I, Fair I, enough. I, 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 what I haven't shared with you the thing that I've been playing the most. I was okay. sitting there thinking, what have I actually been playing? And I remember playing Pokemon Unite and I've had a dabbled here and there. Dude, I have, why the hell did I not start with this? I was sitting there thinking, there's something else. There's something else. I, I remembered what it was and that's why I got excited. Have you finished your Among Us chat? Because I was just, I was signaling. Before we get back to you, I was signaling just to go, come to me next. So, yeah, yeah. You know what we need? Producer Miles, you need to be like the Speaker of the House. (laughs) The right honorable gentleman will finish what he's been playing. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, other than Among Us, I also, because it was was a stonking PS sale, um, 
uh, well, sorry, a Pierce store sale, um, the summer thing, the 75% off stuff. Um, I have actually made a purchase of a PS5 exclusive with Returnal for like 50 bucks. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it for 50. Like 70, no way. 60, 50, okay. You've got my attention. So last night I clicked that button and I was hoping at some point today to have a little dabble. But then, unfortunately, the dreaded thing that we all have, boys, it happens to the best of us. Not enough memory. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. So I've had to delete stuff and it's downloading again at the moment. So I'm hoping to give it a jam tonight. Um, but Mr. Carden Edwards, you uh, so politely said there was something else. What else? The Streets of Rage 4 DLC. What's it like? It has made one of the best games I've played in years the best game I've played in years. Ah. Um, it's it's amazing, right? So they've added a like a training mode with loads of like tutorials as to like advanced techniques where like you learn how to do all these nice things I've never done on a Streets of Rage games game in my life, right? But they've also added, I think it's three or four new characters. One of them is the kangaroo. If you remember the kangaroo, yes, he was right? also he's also like yeah. a, an Easter egg in like level seven. Yeah, you know you're going through the police station. A night police station, the bar, and mm-hmm. it's that really hard bit where you get the taser and go back to the arcade machine. Anyway, yeah, sorry, deep cut. Yeah. The the uh, bartender is the kangaroo. Yeah, um, so you can be him as well. I haven't unlocked him yet, but I've seen you can do it, right? Um, but they've uh, the best thing about it is they've added uh, this this survival mode, Mister X's Nightmare, mm-hmm. and you know how I love Binding of Isaac, right? Because it's basically a roguelite. I just play that game endlessly, and it always gets it's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, so they've added, I can't remember the characters they've added, but and I can't even remember any of their names. One of them is like the female police officer. Ah, uh, right, the bad her. guy, blonde hair. It's the bit where you fight her as a boss, then Adam turns up. Yeah, exa- exactly, that, that, exactly. That person, yeah, I know he's talking um, about. I've, but basically, every as you start, right, you start on stage one, and you defeat some enemies, and then you get a power-up, and you can choose between two power-ups that you want. I like and, this. The power, and the power-ups are like just random stuff. Like, it's mercenaries like, mode. It'll be like, oh, your special attacks now have fire on them. Or you now gain gain health for every time you hit an enemy, but food items don't heal you. Or you nah, get, you there's get, a bit of like a double-ended sword thing. I like this. Or you get a, like a double jump for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Or you get like, and you get like electric effects to your attacks, or you get fire or poison, or you get something like, oh, now you'll get a golden pipe. And the golden pipe basically will- Indestructible. A lot it's an more, indestructible pipe. It's not indestructible, but it oh. does ridiculous damage. And you get all of these um, different things, basically, as you go along. And th- the thing is, there's no end. I've watched streamers spend three hours of their life getting to level 91. And by that point, it looks utterly, utterly bamboozling. Uh, it's <laughs> just uh, ridiculous. But that's not even the best part of it, because th- this mode is really addictive, like incredible, because the combat is tight anyway, right? They've added, as you go along and you do more levels with a a certain character, you unlock additional special moves for that character. So like, and then you can then take that character into arcade mode and utilize different movesets. So you know when you go on Mortal Kombat- You unlock additional moves that then you can do in the main game. Ah, but you you switch out. So you know like in um, Mortal Kombat or Injustice, you can be like, ah- It's a loadout. I want you, you have different loadouts, right? So with, for example, Axel, you can either have the um, Grand Upper, you know, the Grand Upper, yeah. that one, <laughs> or you can have um, some like rolling forward move instead. And there's all the, and, like every single one has like an ultimate. So, because the only, like the only critiques I can give to Streets of Rage 4, right, is 
the move set felt a bit basic. Like there was there was there was like three or four moves, and that's fine for repetition, repetition, repetition. But if you really wanted to to knock the doors off of this game, if you could find additional ways to utilize those skills with some additional moves, then Chef's Kiss, you're there all day. Yeah. And oh, all right. So, so, How so much is this DLC? This is the mad thing. It's like six quid. Oh, that's bad. I, I, I went on my Switch and I was like, oh, it's live. And I clicked it and it was like, it's like six or seven quid or something. I was like, what? Oh, okay. The new characters are Estelle Aguirre, who's the, 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 the police officer. Um, Max, do you remember Max? He's yeah, back. the wrestler. The, the, the big bulky dude. And yeah. then the, the guy that everyone is using for survival mode is a guy called Shiva, who is... Yeah, he's just insane. Because basically, I was reading up on a, on a strategy for him where if you unlock this flying kick, the forward forward um, attack, he does basically a flying kick, which basically does loads and loads of hits. And there's a particular perk you can get where your damage is ninety percent less, but it increases by two percent for every combo you hit. I love that. And you can get the, to a point here. where I think once you get over seventy combo it starts getting insane, basically. You start doing a lot more damage than your base damage would have been. And because of this mental flying kick, you can just start clearing rooms of enemies. And like, so you, and there's just different rooms and there's all these different, there's like new enemy types. There's new, all these mad rooms. There's loads of new weapons by, by the looks of it. It's just incredible. That is, this is my lock of the week, boys and girls. If you own Streets of Rage 4, go and buy this DLC because it's turned a great game into a stellar game. No, oh, yeah. move over Eternal. Sorry, pal. Um, anyway, great stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off this podcast. The Fox is in. Oh, that's my new thing now when we're going to start the, the, the pod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about some stuff. So over the last couple of weeks, uh, this dropped a while back, but I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan. Yes, that's right. And I wanted to talk about this and hear people's thoughts on this. Ubisoft have announced that they are indeed going to be taking the uh, franchise into a completely new direction. So the Assassin's Creed franchise is moving into the games as a service arena. Yes, the next game is going to be called Assassin's Creed Infinity because that title hasn't been used for massive MMOs across lots of different games. Disney Infinity, Halo Infinity. It's just be a bit original, guys. But essentially, the idea is that this is an ever-changing world. The idea is that you can pick a character of your uh, choosing. Uh, You can customize them. They've gone down the RPG route, of of course, in the last few games, the last trilogy of games in particular. Um, But I've got to be honest, guys, I am so bummed out by this news. It's like, I know... Assassin's Creed, it's either it's a Marmite thing. You either love it or you're like, nah, not for me, bruv. But I don't think, Mikey, the sort of person that you are of being, nah, not for me, bruv, I don't think that's the sort of thing that's going to bring you in. Am I wrong? Uh, you, 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 you're totally wrong. This is, really? This is a thing that will oh, get me man. to play it. <clears throat> right, so why why hate about Assassin's Creed? I love the world building. I love the, um, the characters. I played the first couple of games and I actually really like them. Um I hate the fact they're so unbelievably padded out with nonsense and there's a million yeah, checkpoints. It's just going to be that in an open world, though, isn't ah, it? Surely. but, but... Well, sorry, an, open, is, an online open world. But this is it, right? So if... Well, no, this makes me interested for a start because I like having a character that I can spend lots of time with and that I can invest in, right? Mm-hmm. If it's the Destiny model and they manage to get combat that's... Oh, so everyone's chasing that dragon no right. one has caught then that great dragon. 
if it's the uh, Marvel model, the Avengers model, then <laughs> jog on some. But this is the thing that will actually make me look at it because they'll have to change the way the combat works. And I hate Assassin's Creed combat for this to work, right? So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But th this this puts my eyes back on on the product, basically, that which is something that I never thought would ever happen. So, well, let's 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 see where they go. I mean, I I concur. There are some great online experiences you can have with your pals and you can do some great stuff. I don't think the Assassin's Creed brand should be that. I think it's single player immersive stories and just taking that. I mean, they've, they've attempted this stuff in the past. You remember like the mid 2000s, it was a like, multiplayer. Everything's got to have multiplayer. You had Last of Us had multiplayer. Who was multiplayer on Last of Us? I know people are saying, but Last of Us Part 2 is going to be doing multiplayer. I don't sit there and go, oh my God, what an emotional journey of Ellie. Anyway, can I recreate that? Except you're pink and I'm blue and we're going to go stab some people. No, like that's not, that's why these those, those things died. And that's why they kind of have a little revival and that they'll go away again. But like Assassin's Creed had a bit of a multiplayer moment. It didn't really work out. And this whole thing about everyone wants that destiny of, oh, uh, Anthem, rest in peace. We've got uh, Marvel's Avengers. We'll come to that in a moment. There's, there's this, everyone has been chasing that dragon in some size, shape or form. And for me, like where I love the franchise at its best is when it's immersive storytelling in a context which is piques my interest. Uh, Renaissance Italy, uh, medieval Britain, um, the 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 tea wars in America. Sorry, I can't remember what it was called, but it was fascinating. Um, that's interesting, and I want them to continue that. I think what they're showing is kind of a glimpse into the future of their content drops. So over the last three games, what they've done has been when there is a big game, big story game, probably takes about 50, 60 hours to complete. They then drop over the course of two years a bunch of story DLCs. And these story DLCs are, you know, significantly big. They're like 20 to 30 hours each. And I think what they're realizing, the folks at Ubisoft, is that other than Adam, not many people play them to full degrees. And if you look at your Destinies, if you look at your Marvels, and I include Destinies in this, what's the biggest problem? Not enough content at the right time. So like we'll like we'll do the end game. We'll complete destiny and then go, all right, cool, what's next? Okay, there's a few things you can do. And yes, you can grind the hell out of it if you want, but quite frankly, it's the same thing just being churned out again and again until six months, a year later, when they'll drop some DLC. I think about stuff like Curse of Osiris. Ten hours of story, if that. No, it's not even that, it's like five hours of story, and then just the same missions on repeat. Now I think Ubisoft have looked at that sort of model and gone, we actually have enough content where we could drop every week a significant chunk of story and or immersive experience and people will feel like they're getting more value and maybe people will play it more rather than just here's a hundred hour game have at it fill your boots sort of thing because not many people are doing it because like you say people get about 20 hours in and go oh this is really gumpy and it? it's a bit bloated i don't want to do another mission where i've got to go find an egg and take it to the chicken and take the chicken to the fox and then the fox will turn around and say i am a talking fox and it turns out you're on hallucinogens the whole time like they're, they're so boring. I, I I do concur with that stuff. Mr. Moles, you have your hand. Now, having a point, like, I have never really been into subscription-based games uh, in the past. I was always among the lines of, I've bought the game, I just want to play it. But it's not the same nowadays. It's your investment in a game, in time and money. And like Mikey says, you know, you have a character and you keep your character for tens, hundreds of hours of gameplay. I think uh, we've seen over the past kind of year, couple of years, where 
game studios have rushed to release products which you know haven't gone down too well we won't name names but doing this model it allows them to release you know 50 hour game base content those little side missions and then you know drop with bigger dlcs or expansions and people have already invested in their characters at that point of view. oh great now i've got another you know 30 40 hours of gameplay and it is they're bigger bigger dlcs more rich story driven and people are going to be invested in it so if they get it right if if they have decent gameplay decent stories and allow people to invest their time into this world then it will work but they've got to get it you know on par with the likes of destiny i will see your conversation sir and pass it to the right honorable gentleman in the top right <laughs> well this is what i would kind of what i was going to say i mean you know we talk about the kind of the game as a service or even the mmo right world of warcraft dominated that space for years and now final fantasy 14 is absolutely killing it because they offer something that world of warcraft doesn't and that's um, I think I, I read something a while ago that um, the bad guys in World of Warcraft stay bad and they die, whereas the bad guys in Final Fantasy XIV, they um, there's a learning for them and it becomes a much more they become Negan. Uh, it becomes much more of an enriching game for them, right? Or, or, or experience of the player to watch the character arc of, of all the characters yeah. doing these different things. With um, with Destiny, my biggest criticism of it, exactly what you said, Flint, is the fact that you know the story, the, the DLC drops, and I just skip all the cutscenes. I can't be bothered. I don't care. It's not engaging enough for me. I love the the world they built. I love the the atmosphere and the, the, the feel of everything. But I don't get. I don't care about the story. I, it's too convoluted. I have no idea what's going on. You know who cares, right? My character can only start speaking a while ago. You know, I so, thought um, it had a voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Assassin's Creed can get past that hurdle and offer something that is a games as a service that isn't Marvel, where they just basically bastardized everything um, and got it wrong from the very get go, then they have an opportunity, as Mole said, to bring something that is rich with story, where people are mm. really looking forward to what's happening next and it's not just a right the new dlc has dropped i've now got to get on the grind to hit the max level to do the race yeah, or I'm what hoping it's you. variety where their usp could really be whether this could work if they go right we're going to do the base game in a certain time period and because spoiler alert for anyone who's played assassin's creed valhalla do not want to know any story beats skip ahead 30 seconds now but basically, at the end of Valhalla, you discover that instead of it being you can only go back through your bloodline, they've figured out a way of you can go back and be anyone in history. And that is the prelude for Infinity of you can literally be anyone in, in history. So that's how they're going to set this up. If you can use the Animus to figure out stuff. And Mike is already showing you, going, what is I, I, this? I, right. I'm just going to come in. I hate the Animus. Okay. I love, right. I, have, I, I love the idea of being able to drop in at different places in history and play a video game that is based on that era, right? As you yeah. said, old school Italy with Rome, America, Britain, what have you. This is cool. I'm big on this, right? Love it. This whole gimmick they have of you're a dude going back in time for your bloodline. Do you know why I stopped playing Assassin's Creed 3? Well, even, right? even Ubisoft knew that. They got rid of those segments, or they're like 30 seconds for the, the diehard fans. But if you're spending 100 hours in that game, one hour of max will be outside of that now. One hour is too many. 
<laughs> I don't, I, the, the, whole, the whole gimmick of oh, actually, this isn't real or what have you. It's just nonsense. Like, I, just, yeah, so, I hate it. So if they that's that's the story beat they've done to step into this world of quote unquote infinity. So the if you can start off in one time period, everyone's at like the same time period, and then they'll go, okay, a new DLC is going to drop, and actually you can switch it up and you go from being I don't know, uh, uh, like ancient if Japan, Viking to a Martian. Yeah, if I could do a Martian or like you all of a sudden go, oh, there's a whole new era that opens up like a time portal that takes you through. And it's night and day difference, almost in like a drift apart way that you see in the Ratchet and Clank games. Now, that is interesting. And be able to do that with people online is going to be fascinating. But the one challenge they're going to have to overcome is the best Assassin's Creed games have one common denominator, and that is the protagonist themselves is actually charismatic as hell. Whether that's uh, Ezio in Assassin's Creed 2, a lot of people liked Assassin's Creed Syndicate because the main character had a bit of personality to him. A lot of people uh, enjoyed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know, Mikey, you've got some reservations on that game, but they did have a lot of cool personality traits. Now, when you're doing a games as a service or an MMO, Chances are your guys are nobody. It's a it's a sh- it's a shell. The idea is that you're in, you're filling the character blanks. How are they going to bring charismatic charm that when Assassin's Creed is singing can do in a world where, quite frankly, you have to be a generic nobody and you build the character? And I'm fascinated to see how they do it. Among a sea of generic nobodies. <laughs> exactly. That's, 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 the, that's the challenge. Exactly. Anyway, let's move on. So PlayStation 5 have announced in a recent sales call that they have surpassed the, the 10 million mark. Now, this is fascinating, right, for two reasons. One, that they, they done it a month earlier than the PS4 did. So when the PS4 launched uh, and got to 10 million, they done it a, a month quicker, uh, which is absolutely bananas. But also... There's still a shortage, the chip shortage that is making this so, so hard to the point where on the same sales call, Sony openly said, we believe it will be 2023 before we see the back end of this shortage of chips and other supplies. They are trying to source other manufacturers to try and keep the specs the same so that there's no difference in in quality of product. But as of now, they are expecting 2023 to be when like they could just flood every shop and it'll be easy again. I'll see you in 2023, chaps. And... That probably, I mean, just to, to, to tie this with some other news, is that that's probably why recently a lot of games are being moved to 2022 and beyond. And I think that's because people like the guys at Guerrilla Games are going, why are we busting our balls to try and get um, Horizon Forbidden West out this year when, let's face it, the, the, the bulk of people that are going to enjoy the next-gen enhancements, it's only a 10 million install base why don't we wait like a year or at least a little bit longer and maybe that install base will grow. And if we wait, if we time this right and maybe become the Christmas game of 2022, maybe it will exponentially grow because we will be the game that people want to get for your Christmas console. Now, I find it very, very interesting in the fact that, um, like, for example, FIFA, they obviously announced, I mean, the new game comes out about six weeks or so. They recently announced their new features and I can't, it's this new fluid kind of moment movement hyperfluid motion thingy. I can't remember what it is, but it's a next gen. Ball rolls better. Well, the, uh, it's a next gen exclusive, right? Yeah. So they basically what they're saying is that the two games, PS4 and PS5, are going to be actually quite different, and that's 
fine. You'd expect that. You, I, I like the fact that old versions aren't being hamstrung by new versions. Like I saw it in wrestling games year after year where they'd support the previous generation console for years, still be using that code, but basically make the sweat look a bit nicer. And it's always years like, before we got the rock and sock connection. Exactly. Um, so and I kind of sit there and think, well, that's, I, I understand that methodology because you want to entice people into going, I want the new version because A, it's more expensive. Uh, so EA make more money out of it. But also it keeps people at the beginning of the life cycle of a console. Excellent. FIFA was great. I'm in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but when there is no real scope to grow your user base, during, at the moment, the next week is coming there's out. There's no real reason weeks, for you to go spend 500 bones either through a towel or whatever. Because you're like, okay, Mars Morales is great, and yes, Demon Souls, and yes, Returnal, but not enough to go hustle for a PS5. But no, but not, but not in the sense of the consumer, because the like the people that really want a PS5 will get a PS5. I get it, yeah. right? But the appeal of a game like FIFA is the filthy casuals, right? The guys that go, oh man, the new season's coming. I need, I should get a football game. You know what I mean? Those people, because the people that are really serious will get it, um, yeah. and that's where the that's where you need to bring those people in. But those people can't be brought in because they can't get a PlayStation 5. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I find it a bit a bit interesting. I feel like the FIFA community and many others like it are going to be a bit fragmented for quite some time because of it. And it's going to be a little bit of a disjointed experience for people because there's going to be more people playing FIFA on PS4 than on PS5, but they're going to get All more. the investments gone into this new thing, yeah. Exactly, because for, as I understand it, the this year's or the next version of FIFA for PS4 owners or Xbox One owners are not Series X, the old Xbox One. I don't know what the difference. Yeah, one. Um, the you know they're going to be basically just getting a glorified roster update. It's well, that's that's what just Switch that, version is, right? They call it Legacy Edition. They call, they, they call it the Legacy Edition. I don't yeah. think. I mean, look, the PS4 isn't going to be a Legacy Edition gimmick. They wouldn't be that stupid to do that. But I just find it funny, like. What I I kind of feel like the the PS5 and the PS4 editions of current FIFA, the one that just came out last year, um, was like it looks cooler, right? It looks nicer. There's a few changes, but it's fundamentally the same thing. They didn't have obviously cross play because they are different games still. But I don't I don't understand why they didn't just go. You know what? Let's just behind the scenes, let's just make the PS5 version incredible for not FIFA 22 but FIFA 23. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. Just, and it's a long make, game. It's make, a long game. It's going to take some time. Make the people that have the last gen, which is still it seems weird to say, make the people that have FIFA 22 on PS4 still feel engaged with the product mm. and the game, thinking they've still got a premium product. Because I, I will buy FIFA 22, but I'm not going to get it for the PS5 because I don't have it. And I'm going to be sitting there thinking, eh, it's not quite as special. I'm kind of the second citizen now. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. don't know if that's the right thing to be doing. All right. I'm going to take my hat off as someone who knows a little bit about what's coming because we follow game stuff. We follow bloggers. We read about video game stuff all the time. It's in our blood. We know what's coming. I'm going to talk about Joe Public and Joe Public's going to hit you with some hard truths, Sony. I don't know what you got coming. It looks like you got dick. Um, and that's what that's why people, that's what I don't think they've done enough to like really say what's there and what's coming because everything you've said, you've kind of gone back on slightly miles Morales also PS4 game. 
Horizon West, uh, that's also going to be a PS4 game as well. Where is the real incentives for Joe Public to want to cough up their coffers to want to pay for this? Yes, you are very lucky that you have such a recognized brand, 79 million install base already on PS4. What are you doing to your developers out there? And I'd love to hear some of the developers who might who listen to this, who might who might be working on on PlayStation games in the future, to say what incentives there really are. Because if you're a studio, and I've got right, I've got one game, and I've kind of I'm at a crossroads. I can either do a hamstrung version, get it on the PS4, 79 mil install base, or I can put all this money in investment. Although it's going to future proof me, but it's only a 10 mil install base and that means my revenue is going to suck in comparison are sony saying no we're gonna you, we got you covered bro don't worry you're gonna you're gonna get some you're getting money like who cares uh, i know on the exclusive front they don't care but what about the the kind of in-between publishers um so yeah like joe public doesn't really know what's what's really coming in a way that's gonna make them want this and that i know they i think this is sony kind of admitting 2021's a write-off I think like every, I think ev- not just saying. I reckon everyone's kind of saying it's like, look, if I can't get the con- if I can't get the the box in people's houses, why should we break the bank to try and get these games to market this year? When next year, when maybe there's more units in people's homes, maybe we might even have a cheaper skew because time's been there. And they might have gotten a cheaper processor, which means they might be able to pass it on to consumer and go 2022. That's the year. That is the year we've arrived. And but that sucks for people like us who have spent their money now and are sitting there with a glorified PS4. Yeah, I think I think some there's some truths in that, but you got to remember, you know, the pandemic has wiped out stocks and wiped out labour and shipping and also it's but 2021 is a write off. But you got to think the games that are being released this year have been in development for probably you know 18, 24 months minimum. Yeah, so that's why, so, I, that's why I'm they, hoping I'm hoping it's only sitting on a gold mine, but I don't know. It is, it is also the fact that, you know, for the people that get a, how long has the PS5 been out for now? Uh, since October of no November of last year. November. Right. Hasn't even been a year, right? Cons early adoption pretty much for all next gen consoles. Yeah, I don't know why I'm being great. such a big baby about this. That's, Dude, that's I, the I mean, story I, of first consoles, isn't it? Yeah. I, I didn't buy a PS4 until um why did I buy a PS4? I bought a PS4. The first game I played in it was Destiny, but I remember the first real like wowzers. I got a PS4, I moved to London like a week later, and then Bloodborne came out. That's how I kind of pictured it in my head. And that was like the, it arrived. That was the moment, do you know what I mean? Um, And that was when I felt like it became like a big thing because then The Witcher was out and all that kind of stuff. And it started to really find its groove. Um, I'm, I suppose I'm kind of waiting for that bit, but I suppose the, the reason why people, it's not happening is because you can't get older one. Um, I don't remember these shortages for other consoles, for what it's worth. No, and apparently there's, it's always the case, but then again, I think maybe this is the first time, because like I say, similar to yourself, the last console before that was like Xbox 360, and I bought my first Xbox 360 from Blockbusters, reduced secondhand. It's already been around for a few years, and I wrapped it in a towel to avoid the red ring of death. <laughs> and the PS4, I just got when when it started to be, oh, PlayStation's good again, guys. All right, cool, I'll get one. And this is kind of like the first time I've proper like followed and, and waited to, to try to be a day one kind of guy, although we end up the, being the, like a day 20 kind of guy, whatever. But the, the last day one guy I was was for Switch. I bought that on its release date. Um, I hadn't planned to get it as well. I just randomly was like, ah, I kind of want that on the day it was released. And I went to Argos and bought one in uh, in Islington. And you know what? 
the only game that was out was Zelda, and I was still well. To be fair, incredibly only- satisfied. But that's that's the thing, right? Is there the equivalent of Halo on Xbox on day one, Breath of the Wild on Switch day one? You know, I don't. I pit, don't wrong. PlayStation's had some amazing day one games, but knack um, <laughs> but there's there's there, there wasn't the console seller one two punch yes spider never underestimate the value of the spider-man brand that does bring in eyeballs whether that's in animation whether that's in tv shows whether that's in video games that does bring in masses of people but it is a glorified dlc to an extent like it's not a, it is great but it's it's just a continuation of the spider-man game that in, uh, thingy uh, sucker punch already made and that's, I suppose, the difference as well. Like, obviously, Breath of the Wild was available on Wii U as well, but no one had that console. So it was like, if you're going to play it, people are going to play it on Switch. Really good that's point. And, and uh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Exactly. That was a, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when it comes to um, you know, exclusives or exclusive, Miles and Morales, you know, finger quotes for stuff like that, it's like, well, I, I can get on PS4, man. Yeah, like, and like the experience is fundamentally be... the same. It's exactly. just you put some ray tracing in and it loads quicker. Because I've already got a PS4 because everyone has a PS4, you know, so... 79 million people can't be wrong. Um, speaking about equally gang-busting download numbers, Avengers, <laughs> uh, they dropped a trailer for the War for Wakanda DLC. Now, Mikey, I know I know, I know the boat has sailed with you with Avengers, and I am actually, I'm a lapsed Avengers player at the moment. But I will be coming back to this because Wakanda does look beautiful. And the guy who does the voice of Krodos in God of War is going to be in the voice of T'Challa. Now, that's enough for me already, right? Like, you've got my, you have my curiosity. You now got my attention. I'm going to sink the time. And also, 25 hours. They are guaranteeing 25 hours worth of story content. For, as a free DLC to put on a game, that's pretty good. I, like, I've avoided everything about this game because when they gave me the free trial about it, <clears throat> they gave they gave the free trial out. I downloaded it. I installed it. It took forever. I went to play it, and it, I got the blue screen of death. Literally, as 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 I when I clicked new game or start or what have you, it literally went to error screen, and I was like, nope, and I deleted it straight away. <laughs> Look, I would love nothing more than to hang out with my pals as Marvel superheroes, right? You know how much I love Marvel stuff. Yeah. It would be amazing. If you tell me that it's incredible, Flint, I will join you. I mean, I don't know. Can I join you on PS4 with PS5? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cross-gen. Yeah. Look, if you say it's incredible, if you you boot it up and go, Mikey, this is where I'm all, this is what I'm all about. I will join you, my friend. I don't think I can look you in the eye and tell you that's the problem. (laughs) I can tell you, I can tell you if you want to pretend it's a good game and you can go, oh, I'm playing as four and I can use my hammer and kill lots of people and, there's stuff that's named after things in the comic books, then brother, this is your game. But if you want a game that's all the things it promised, it's not that yet. And I'm kind of, this is definitely the let's see what it's like in a year sort of game. And that's, that's where, that's my, that's where I'm going with this of like, they've got this, they've got a lot of plans and I do not know how they're going to deliver those plans. I do not think, although they keep saying the Spider-Man things coming, Spider-Man's coming, Spider-Man's coming. They have so many fundamental problems to solve. Yeah, DLC. They're doing DLC. Is Spider-Man? No, but no. Yeah, I know that. Is it not out yet? No. That was like the thing that was. I thought it was gonna. We thought that was gonna be them. first out the gate, like with DLCs. Yeah. No, they 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 had to do a lot of fixing and amend a lot of promises, and then feedback from. So, not to go down. I mean, there's a there's a people have done history lessons far better than I have on this, but essentially, 
what happened was they released the game and the end game was so so bad because they basically done a they done like the the most basic setup of let's take about five levels and put them on maps and vary them in difficulties and you'll be able to fight a boss and there was only one boss they had abomination which was like a guy you played in a demo like like a year prior and they just kept doing these fake ass scenarios on the same thing again again so the whole like the community that was playing was like what the hell like you told me this was going to be like an ongoing community, like a comic book series. Like every week there'll be something new. And like, yeah, you do get new story beats. And it's like, no, you just give me the same reason of you've got to go to this base and you've got to stop the experiment that Aim are doing. And it's like, well, that was the whole bitch. That's what the whole 60 hour game was for. And it weren't even 60 hours. It was like 10. So they didn't deliver. So they focused on delivering of that and give more variety. They then started introducing their DLCs. Now, if you had to tell me what is the most unpopular Avenger out there, someone who doesn't know the games or the comic books, if you just start from the movies, who's the Avenger that sucks the most? Hawkeye. So they then do two stories around Hawkeye. And it's like, okay, but you get to play the female Wait, one. Wait, what? They did two of them? Yeah, so you played, you start off as the female one, Kate Bishop, and she's actually quite cool to play as. And um, Ashley, oh, I can't remember her surname. Um, Ashley, who does the voice, who does, who's in... Um, Mythic Quest, Last of Us, Voice of Aloy. She's an amazing voice actress. Um, she does the voice of of um, Kate Bishop. And you play and go, actually, she's quite fun. Next, This is kind of cool. But the story's a bit janky. And again, it's like a five-hour thing. And I'm not, don't look free gift, don't look free DLC in the mouth, right? But it wasn't that good. And then they released the actual Hawkeye DLC. And I ain't completed it. I got about 10 minutes in and went, oh. This is probably boring, right? I'm struggling. In fact, I want to send Avengers a memo of when I die, I want the Ubis, I want the team that made Avengers to lower me into the ground so they can let me down one last time because that's what it was. Um, and there's this this promise of this roadmap, and you know they listen to their fans, and you should listen to your fans. But you know you're going okay. We'll focus on likeness from the movies because that's the biggest complaint we've got. So we'll do that. No, right? No, Adam Flint. No, I'm not having this, right? They told me, right? I read these bloody statements. I know, it, said, they're going to be, oh, I think this is from the movies. No, no, what they actually mean is we're going to have weird, generic, weird-faced weirdos just in the, the costumes. costumes. Look, yeah. But no, I want... Robert I want Chris Downey Hemsworth's Jr.'s beautiful face. face on floor. I want Chris Hemsworth's face. I don't want them weird cosplaying... Cosplay dads. Like, no, now, they look. it looks even worse. Because it's like, just have your own style, but make it something that doesn't look bizarre. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, uh, well, they're, like I said, they're swinging for the fence. They're promising a 25-hour uh, gameplay uh, of, uh, sorry, a 25-hour storyline of the War for Wakanda. It's a whole new area, a bunch of enemy types and varieties, and a bunch of new skills and levels to boot as well. I will, I will. Hopefully, I don't have to play that crappy Hawkeye DLC to get to it, and I will report back on that. Uh, Mikey, you're our Street Fighter man. Yeah. Street Fighter Five. I did not know they were still doing DLCs. Almost like yeah. uh, like Smash Brothers. It won't stay dead. It's just like a. It's like a. You won't kill us. We'll, we'll still roll out new fighter packs. Um, but they have announced they are doing a final DLC character called Luke. I don't know. If it's like you, you know the lore a little bit better than we do. Does this guy hold significance? Is it a name that resonates? Uh, I had never heard of him before. Um, I must admit, like I bought Street Fighter Five uh, when it came out, and it was obviously bare bones at the start. And this is kind of a 
I suppose a lesson to companies a little bit because I'm a huge Street Fighter fan. That's my jam beyond belief, right? Played Street Fighter since it I was, was Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> I played Street Fighter since I was eight, right? I, I've, I've every console I've had, I've played Street Fighter. I am good at Street Fighter, but I love Street Fighter. And they launched it, and it was just not very good. It was there was nothing to do, and they lost me. I, I, every only game I go back, and they release like the Champions or Arcade Edition, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm back in. It's 19.99. I'll, I'll give you that because I get some extra characters and stuff like that. But by that point, like I played all the like the the single player campaign stuff, and it was that oh, was fine. But you know, Injustice does it better than that. Like, that was yeah. bad. That's a lot. That's a lot more fun. And. And I've got online. It's just an absolute. It's lamb to the slaughter. I go on there and get. It's, it's, I get bodied every. Like, it just, it's make this like, Luke guys your ticket in, mate. Maybe well, it's that you and him gel. Maybe Luke is the guy, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I've looked at him, and he is a he's a kickboxer with a ridiculous set of tattoos, uh, ridiculous hair. He's wearing dog tags for some reason, and I have no <laughs> idea what the point of him is um I, I really don't get who he is what he's doing um like like dan uh, hibiki came back right that's like you know the joke mm-hmm. character of street fire which is always cool i think rose came back as well but this guy like they made it a big deal saying this is the final one so does that mean it's they are working on the next story the oh. next the next iteration of this game this is Capcom and Street Fighter. The last one is never the last one. So how many editions do they have to have? Oh, this is no, no, the but that's game. the last. They're, they're implying this is the last update they are doing yeah. to that game. I think I think this will be the last character. What I will say is though is that I I'm expecting super fundamentally, alpha plus. Yeah, fundamentally with Street Fighter is that as Moles was alluding to, right, is that they have. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Edition. You know, they, they, there's always a million bloody editions and it's like, well, which one is it, right? Fine, right? And you kind of expect that in Street Fighter. It's what you get. Um, obviously, in the age of digital, where instead of it being a new game I have to buy, it's usually an upgrade, right, to your current game, which yeah. is fine. And you the get life all cycle the of fighting games is now a lot longer. Tekken 7, yeah. they're still, exactly, still going. Right? <laughs> exactly, right? So with street fight i think the biggest disappointment for me with this year's street fight and it's one of the again another reason why i didn't stay engaged with it is because whilst the gameplay is really good the animations are incredible um there's always there's two things which i'm not a fan of the first one is there's always a gimmick um i think in street fighter 4 it was v triggers um which is now kenny omega's signature knee to the head right um and then, they, but there's different ones every time. Right? One, yeah. I, I can't even remember what this year's gimmick is, but it's always something that really fundamentally changes the gameplay. And I ain't, I'm not into that. I ain't interested in gimmicks, right? The, but the big one is the look and the feel of it. It feels and looks like Street Fighter 4 did in my brain. Like that, I really think the art direction needs a big overhaul to make it better. I personally, and this is my opinion. I would absolutely love for them to go to really super high quality 2D again. Absolutely. Um, I should never veer away from that. I don't like 3D Street Fighters. I, I think that's an issue for me. I think Street Fighter 4 had a really distinctive art style. They had lots of blacks, lots of thick lines, and I thought it looked really artistic. Street Fighter 5, um, 
it just doesn't look very nice. I look at the faces. I look at Ken. I mean, bloody hell! It makes it Ken generic, doesn't it? It makes it you, like it makes it like Tekken doing a skin of Street Fighter, and that's not like what a you should Dead be thinking. Dead or Alive game or something yeah. like that. And it's, it's not Dead or Alive. No titties jumping constantly, but no, exactly. But it doesn't have the artistic presence which I hoped from a Street Fighter. I, I really want Street Fighter Six to be something different, to look different. Because at the moment, I I'm agree. looking at Luke. I'm looking at Luke, and this guy could literally be in any fighting game that I've ever seen, which was Virtual a normal fighter fighting game. Seven. You know what I mean? Like, who are you, mate? I don't really get it. Um, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, the look no, and feel I, of it is there man. for me. Go back to 2D and make it fast as flip. I press that button. That is the fastest response time you get in a fighting game. That should be like the legacy Street Fighter should have. Mr. Moles. Yeah, just a just a quick one. So some bits of trending on Twitter for this is that this new Luke character and his outfit style has been compared to Logan Paul. So, oh, no. Oh, yeah, no, that's, you're right. He looks like him, doesn't he? Oh, so there you go. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave Somehow that. James Corden's got in it as well. Um, but I love the fact we've got Miles reporting in. Yeah, he's the announcer. We've got Miles reporting in. Twitter! <laughs> this is trending at the moment. Um, yeah, well, you know what? I've never been that much of a Street Fighter guy. No disrespect to the brand. I just uh, It was a Nintendo thing when I was a kid. I was a Nintendo kid. I was a Sega kid, and I know eventually it crossed over, but it, it was just I, it passed me by. For me, for my money, the greatest fighting game that ever existed. I know this might sound really weird, but Tekken Tag Tournament, because it had the massive roster of everything. It had the mini games, the bowling. They remember the bowling. I, I enjoyed bowl, that. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bowling thing on it. And it also had a really, really great stonking story. It jumped the horse after that. Jump the horse, that's a new phrase now. <laughs> they need to bring back, um, they need to do, they need to fix what they tried with Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, they, I need a new one of them because those games are really good. Marvel versus Capcom 2 and Marvel versus Capcom 3, I absolutely loved. Those games are brilliant. Um, yeah. It had a bit of lore to it, a bit of story to that. it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just before we go into the wheel, let's take a minute to talk about a competitor to the Switch, boys. A competitor to the Switch. No, I'm not talking about Playdate. I'm talking about the Steam Deck. Uh, Valve, those, those, those very smart people have made a handheld device, which if you look at the specs on paper, it looks like it can compete with your pretty standard gaming PC. Mikey, you're our PC man. Moles, I know you've got a view of this. What's your, what's your, where are we going with this, boys? Is this absolutely must-have day one? I'm frothing at the mouth of getting my hands on this. Or are you miles looking at it going, hmm, no, thank you. Well, I'm just thinking Valve's uh, previous attempts at hardware. and What were they? I have no idea. So they had the, the uh, a Steam controller, which was supposed to be the, you know, the the couch PC players peripheral to use, and it was it had some weird trackpads that did my uh, mice controls and stuff like. It sold, but didn't sell very well, and they pulled the plug on it after years and years of development. And they also had the Steam Link box, which was like a tiny little box you'd put, I don't know, maybe under your TV, and your main gaming PC was in a bedroom or another in a study or something and then you'll stream your games locally uh but the problem with that is it just wasn't very powerful um and it didn't really work very well 
Um, they they, they all laughed at Christopher Columbus when he said the world was round, Moles. Yeah, yeah. I'll leave that okay. with you there right. and so ask that's... Michael Carden Edwards what he's thoughts are. <laughs> um, I'm absolutely gagging for one of these bad boys. I'm not going to lie to you. He loves it. Can't <laughs> wait. He's frothing <laughs> I, at the mouth. Give him I, a deck. I do. It's the, um, the biggest barrier for me when it comes to PC gaming is the, um, like, is the accessibility of it all. Because it's, you know, in 2021, 2020 as well, it's been very difficult to get hold of high-end graphics cards that can play these bad boys. With PC gaming, and I think I've been spoiled over the years by console games and the Nintendo Switch, for just um, for just ease of use, plug and play, you know what, here's my game, I'm going to download it and I'm going to start playing it, and it's all perfect. I bought a, a, a gaming laptop uh, probably about four or five years ago now, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I really do love the thing. I can play games I never thought of playing before. But there's always that thing of, can I actually play this to its full ability? Do I have to worry about the fan speed? Do I have to worry about, you know, it, oh, look, there's a frame drop there. Is that because Windows bloody Defender was doing something? Like, there's all these little other things which you have yeah. to think about which drive me mad. And the the level of ease of using it is really, really low, if I'm honest with you. Uh, really, uh, yeah, really low. And it's like, it frustrates me. And I also don't want to I think would... about how to configure something, right? Like, that's why I love consoles. I am playing this as the developer intended. Yes, okay, they're starting to creep in with these performance modes and ray trace modes, but your options are this or this. Where with PC, there is such a spectrum of how you can enjoy it, including playing on the spectrum, of how you can adjust your your settings to get that experience and this, this is, maybe this is a leveler maybe this is what brings the common man onto or what or lady onto onto a bit more pc world well all accounts right because they're using the proton architecture right so and that that is bringing issues as well which i'll get onto in a second but the um ball accounts what I, what I understand is that essentially um it can pretty much play anything you want and uh, the games are going to be almost pre-configured. So when you load up Control, it's going to be optimized for Steam Deck and it's going to run well. That's that's the idea, right? And by all accounts, it can pretty much run whatever you want to play at it. Now, I will. there will be obviously some caveats, right? The games that are just released on the PS5 that happen to come, or Xbox, uh, you know, Series Cloud X, X what it's going to be called, X, yeah. Or whatever the hell the new Xbox is called. You know, let's say uh, the new whatever comes out for it. Yeah, there's probably going to be some uh, adjustments needing to make for the um, for the Steam Deck in terms of the graphical fidelity isn't going to be as high, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that's fine. If they configure that for me, so when I load it up, I'm like, all right, that still plays smooth. Right? That's the key, right? So, but in that, in that sense, that's great. What people don't also aren't really taking into consideration because I'm seeing that, you know, there are games that aren't playable. So Apex Legends, Black Desert Online, DayZ, Dead by Daylight, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Hunt Showdown, Paladins, uh, PUBG, Rainbow Six Siege, and Smite all cannot be played. Yeah, among us. All cannot be played on the Steam Deck because um, the uh, I think it's something to do with basically the anti-cheat software found in the games don't work with the Proton and Linux software. So mm. you, whilst you can open the games, you can't log into the servers. Right. Um, so there's a bit of an issue there. Well, <laughs> However, I, so last thing I want to say right. on it, right? And this is the reason why I really, really want one. Maybe not the first editions. Maybe I'll see how well it's supported. And maybe the next one they bring out in a couple of years' time, we'll get that one. 
But I think people underestimate how big the Steam library is of how many mm-hmm. games are on this damn thing. And crucially, the fact that everything, I repeat, everything is cheaper. Yep. Right? If you want to be playing indie games, I ain't buying them on my Switch ever again if I can get them on this. That's Absolutely. Um, because they, they, are, they are cheaper than anywhere else. You ain't paying that Switch tax anymore. Um, and there's also then the other side of the coin, which again makes me very interested in the fact that it's open source, man. You can install what you want. If you want to install yeah. Windows on it, go ahead. If you want to basically turn this bad boy into an emulation machine and then play whatever the hell you want on it, Speaks to me, brother. That's exactly why I want Those one. Game Boy Advance Pokemon games, you can play, they aren't released on the Switch yet. You can have everything. Reason. Have them on here instead. Like, I'm, I, we, we do not heartily endorse piracy or any you know, form or whatever. I should mention that. But the, the, the capabilities of it, right, are mind-blowing. And from what I've seen so far, I mean, look, it's already a massive hit. Pre-orders through the roof. The gaming community is very, very excited about this because it brings PC gaming into um, the casual space, which is an area that it doesn't get to be in very often. I'm absolutely sold, brother, on the on the, the dream alone of being able to play. Look, there's about 20 years, 25 years worth of PC games that you either have, have been peppered across your childhood or peppered across someone else's childhood that you have heard them talk about. And I want that in handheld. I want to play that on the train. I want to play Theme Hospital on the move. I want to play Command and Conquer on a little touchpad. I want to get my hands on some of the classic PC. I want Worms. I want to play Worms, Mikey, on, on, on my... I know you can play it on the console, but fuck it, I want it on the deck. I want to also unlock those little emulators. I want to play Pokemon Yellow on this thing. I want to play those drug wars games. I want to unlock my childhood because that's where I was happy. And they're my friends and I want my friends back. So I want that on the Steam Deck. I'll pay £400 for that, let alone the fact that I could play like my games pass and whatnot on it in the future as well. I, I think I think it's very exciting. Um, I'm very curious to see how it does. Um, and like I said, if, it's, if it proves successful, I, I'm all in. I am all in. Mainly because you guys know that I'm a massive pro wrestling nerd. I can finally play Fire Pro Wrestling World on the go. Hooray. Oh, those, remember those, those games on the internet where they were basically, it was all the same configuration of buy high, sell low stock, whether that's drug dealing games or mafia games. But there was a wrestling one where you would have to like hype up your wrestlers and depending on the hype they got was the more money in the eyeballs they drew in. And then you can do sponsorship deals and all that stuff. Ah, oh, bring them back. I need them. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, shall we show it? Moles, do you know what time it is, my friend? It's time for the wheel. There we go. Wheel. Um, so we have a bunch of topics. Some of them are listener generated. Some of them come from us. We spin it. We've had no preparation time. Sometimes we get gold. Sometimes we get even better than gold. So without further ado. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, the wheel has spoken. Games that have left you bit disappointed but also games you are overly hyped for so games that you have followed all the way through from their announcement to being released that you were really excited for and also tell us some of the games that were disappointing i've got a few that jumped to mind on the disappointment front i will then go to my excitement so i'm not going to beat this game up now because what it is now is completely different to what i purchased on day one I'm going with No Man's Sky as a disappointment to begin with because I remember when they announced that game 
and they promised the world. And I remember that Jurassic Park-like video of these new worlds to discover. Space, the final frontier. I, I generally felt that it was a mixture of all the, all the bits that made your hair stand on your shoulders for Star Trek and Jurassic Park in one place. What we got was something that wasn't that. Now, at the time, I was going for a bit of a personal crisis. Uh, I was in bad health, and I needed to not move and stay put for about... 12 days before I went to have a life-saving operation. And my best friend, who's still my best friend, I was my best friend at the time, like we fell out or something, come round and said, all right, mate, should we, should we play that game you've been talking about, that No Man's Sky? And I, I, he, he, I, Holly went to the supermarket, my wife, and bought me this No Man's Sky. And everyone's like, let's cheer him up. We'll play playing no man's sky together and i wasn't sleeping because i wasn't doing much and that's what happens when you don't do much and you need to wait on a life-saving operation so i sat there and sank about 200 hours over a very short period of time into this game and i was like all right all right mate i'll show it to you and i could see on his face he's like what are you doing you're literally just flying to a planet collecting resource and then flying to another planet and you've done that for like 200 hours (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it's like, it's procedural. It's like amazing. And Bill Bailey done the advert on TV, so it must be good. Um, but it was, this clearly was disappointing as hell. And yes, I know um, Sean Murray and the guys have done a stellar job of bringing that game from the brink. But for me, God, that was so disappointing. I followed that from its inception, from those trailers, and then making that purchase. And God damn it, that was the most disappointing thing. The only thing that was, yeah, but to its credit, the only thing it, the thing it did do was take my mind off of what I needed it to do so I could go have that life said life-saving operation. Um, Mikey, with that in mind, disappointments. Have there been any disappointing purchases? Um, one comes to mind. Uh, I was looking forward to Diablo 3 for many years um, and it finally released on PC and uh, it was just miserable, wasn't it? I don't know if you guys remember the launch of Diablo 3 on PC. Yeah, I've read about it. Ill, the ill-fated auction house. Um yeah, man, I don't. I remember. I remember that was the last PC game I bought that had a box. I literally <laughs> went out and bought bought a, a an actual copy of it that said PC at the top. It was in a box and everything. And my old trusty computer that I had didn't really run it so well. But even still, I managed, I did manage to complete it on that on that trusty thing. But it wasn't very good. I was. It was not the game that I had been promised. Mm. And it was very, very, very disappointing. That was that's uh, uh, certainly a disappointment for me that comes to mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm a day one guy on disappointments. Uh, we, I, I won't go into too much rabbit holing, but I was a day one anthem guy, and I I was so hyped for this game. So I was like, man, EA are going big. They want to go after that Destiny money, baby. And now promising us Iron Man. I get to be Iron Man. And look at that video. You are Iron Man. And then you go and play the game and go you're kind of Iron Man. It's kind of not the same thing they showed us because look, I get it, okay? When something's five years off development and you've got to show a sizzle reel, the thing you're showing is clearly not in-game footage or engine unless stated. So you haven't lied to us per se. You've kind of bait and switched us. And the thing you showed us is not quite the polish. It's not quite the thing there. The gameplay loop was terrible. The story didn't really make sense. And I did not enjoy it. But I, I persevered for about a day. I and mean, I was WhatsApping you guys. So everyone everyone done that thing. Where, oh, Flint's bought it. Let's just see how he goes. We'll try the water. I get a WhatsApp message. Oh, mate, how's that, how's that anthem going? And I'm like, I know what you're doing. It's great. You should buy it. Oh, I'm reading the reviews, aren't they good? No, you should totally buy it. I promise you, it's really good. I'm sinking tons of time into it. 
oh, okay. And then I kept doing it, but no one bit because everyone was reading all the other those damn reviews. <laughs> and then eventually, like, they, they, it was officially killed this year, wasn't it? And they said, no, that's it, no more support. Um, right, let's, let's, let's go a bit. Um, Moles, you got any disappointments or should we go glass, glass half full? Oh, another disappointing game that I purchased way back on the 360 was Duke Nukem Forever. And admittedly, it took like I, 17 years to get to like, yeah, like that game. Admittedly, I did get it when it was on sale or some sort of reduced price. I didn't buy it day one, but I thought I loved Duke Nukem games when I was younger. Oh, um, to the cube, on our baby. first home PC I had, like way back in like 98 or something. Loved them. Great games, fun games, good memories. I get that. And it was absolute dog turd. And you're right, it was something ridiculous, like 15, 17 They started planning that after Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah, it was... Because the idea was that it was Duke Nukem forever, number four going sort of thing, like really cheesy. And it just, it took so long. I can't remember who, it ended up on Xbox, like you say, like someone threw money at it to get it over the line. Yeah, and it was just... It, it was crap. It looked yeah. crap. All right. When it okay. Let, um, let's... I, so, I, sorry, I just have one more to mention. Is that it's going really old school as well? Not hugely old school, but a while ago. I'm not sure if you guys will have remember this game. Um, do you guys remember a game called Spore? I know of its legend. I've uh, never played game, it. Wasn't it? What's that? Like a kids' game, like little creatures. Uh, it, it was a PC oh, game well. where basically the gimmick was it was by Maxis, right? The guys that make. Uh, it was, I think it was Will Wright, the guy that made this, created The Sims and SimCity. Um, and he was the guy that was like, we've got this new game called Spore, where basically it was like a mad sandbox where you started off designing your organism and it would grow and grow. And then I you remember this now. And all yeah, stuff. yeah. Right. I remember, but I remember downloading that for the PC when I was at university. And I was like, this is going to be so good, man. This is going to be so good. It's like SimCity. But also like the Sims that I can create. Yeah. It's, it's like black and white, but not. Um, I mean, it was basically five kind of mini games that depicted the different cycles of this creature that you made. Genuinely, I, I, I remember lo- loading up thinking, this is going to be really good. This is going to be really good. And it was like, I have no idea what's going on. It's not really good. <laughs> and that was kind of like the whole <laughs> kind of experience with it. Honorable mentions to uh, Mass Effect 3. I love, as I mentioned, Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Mass Effect 3 I just did not get into whatsoever. And then also Uncharted 3 as well. Um, and to a degree, Uncharted 4. Neither of them as good as, as Uncharted 2. Mm. And again, two games I never completed. And I only really spent, what? I, I reckon across Uncharted 3 and 4, I probably spent about eight hours. And I have no desire to ever go back to them. Yeah, and there's there's kind of like there's games that I was I got and I liked, but I was kind of disappointed overall. And I'm, the example I'll give is Resident Evil Six, because one thing that we have all been cheated of in the Resident Evil community has been there was this ongoing narrative across the original games of now we take on umbrella and essentially at the end of every game it was okay this company that has effed us over we are gonna get our guns and go get umbrella and we were cheated of that they they tried to sell us this avengers like thing that was going to be coming of all these characters of all these different games you've met coming together to take down the big bad and they decided in resident evil 4 spoiler alert to kill that company in a sentence of dialogue right at the start 
complete, you know, whatever. But in Resident Evil 6, they kind of promise this thing of you're going to get Chris Redfield facing off against Leon S. Kennedy. You're going to get Ada Wong appearing out of nowhere. You're going to get all the names and faces you remember from Resident Evil, all in this big conglomerate of a story, which is going to span across several awesome storylines and it's going to be so intertwined it's going to be amazing this is the resident evil to end all resident evils and it was a bit turd and that was about it really um you, you, anyone who listens to this pod will, will, will probably recognize and listen every now and again either me or moles there's a good chance that one of us has played a resident evil game in the last 48 hours but and it'll always be a classic Resident Evil game. You haven't heard us what either of us say I've been playing Resident Evil Six because it just it wasn't there. It was disappointing. But anyway, let's take away from the shores of doldrums. Let's talk about the stuff that we were so hyped for and delivered. There's a few things that spring to my mind. Um, one of them is Metal Gear Solid Two. I followed that. That was the first time I really was fandom follow. You know, I discovered the IGN website looking for Metal Gear Solid codes, and then really they're making a sequel and there's they start releasing pictures this was the first time in my mind anyway that there was media hype almost like batmania for a video game with metal gear solid 2 and we saw those clips i used to go and buy magazines i had a stack of magazines when i was a kid that had snake on the front cover going and we're going to show you a little teaser of the trailer that we're going to do the tanker and all that sort of stuff i was so hyped for this i even made a fake well, it's not fake it was real a fan site on moonfruit.com of charting the images i'm seeing for metal gear solid 2 because i was so hyped for this game and yes the whole riding thing did unsettle a lot of people but i didn't care at that point i didn't feel bait or switch i didn't feel like i was i was shielded. i i loved it it delivered and then some to the point where like 10 20 years later we're still talking about it and if you if you still had it available to play which i hope i will do on my steam deck um that i'm gonna absolutely adore it again so yeah metal gear 2 straight in there and i have to yeah on bramford pod it's got to be a metal gear game two games come to mind immediately for me one of them isn't one that i was hyped for but then ended up being incredible the other one i was super hyped for and ended up being better than i thought it would be uh, the first one was fallout 4 people didn't like this game and uh, if you ask other Never people it may, if you ask other people it'd be the game they were really hyped for but didn't meet expectations I wasn't hyped for it, and it exceeded my expectations. So, very strange. The other one is um, Batman Arkham City. Um, I really, really, oh, that really, really did deliver, loved, didn't it? I loved Arkham Asylum Beyond Belief. Right? I still think Arkham Asylum is the better game because I preferred that linear uh, narrative. However, Arkham City, when it came out, man, I was beyond hyped for it because obviously, you know, the love of Batman and Arkham City was incredible. I completely Absolutely agree, bruv. At the end of Arkham Asylum, when it's a, well done, Batman, you saved the day. Can't talk now, Chief. Two-Face is taking down Gotham Bank. And the promise of, I could go, he's going to Gotham. He's going to, all you've just experienced in that that building he is now going to take on in a city. I liken it to Back to the Future. Why do I liken it to Back to the Future? At the end of Back to the Future 1, and this was a scene filmed later on, they put it into later iteration, so I'm yeah. sorry, 80s kids, if you're telling me that's not what's in the original theatrical cut. I know I'm a film buff as well, deal with it, bitch. But in the versions that we all saw as a kid on VHS, when all of a sudden Doc turns up and they get in the car and they go, oh, I don't think we'll get to ADA, and he's just like, where we're going, we don't need roads. The promise of what could be and they delivered, not like in the Matrix, in the at the end of the Matrix when you see Neo fly and you go, oh my god, what's what could it be? And then we got the sequels and went, 
we were better off not knowing what it could be. We actually actually delivered in video game form with Arkham City. Sorry, brother. It's I, I, such a good pull. Completely agree. Yeah, man. Like, dude, they, they said that the first game, they basically teased you the entire time. Yeah, you can't really glide far. Like, you're not going to be able to do much. You're like, it's all very much grounded. And the next game, you're going to be able to do all gloves that cool stuff. Your gloves are off. And I will say, I mean, your thoughts on Arkham Knight, because obviously the, 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 then it was like, you get to them. That's a disappointment. That then is you a get disappointment. To the Batmobile, right? And it's like, the Batmobile is going to be amazing. And then I just remember, I like, overall, Arkham Knight was fine. Is it as good as Arkham City? No, it's not. And do you know why? Because I spent far too long on those King Tank missions for it to be classed as a better game, okay? The order for me, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, right? Literally, Where would Arkham got, Origins be in that list? Uh, hmm, never played it. Really, it's 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 perfectly not, fine. Not canon, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so I don't canon. care. No Conroy, <laughs> no canon. Yeah. Oh my god, I've just coined a t-shirt there. I'm king patenting that. No Conroy, no canon, no Batman. Uh yeah, I I I do I do like Arkham Origins because it's like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. But it's uh yeah. You called it an Origins game. It wasn't really. Yes, okay, you introduced the Joker, but come on. Like, it's basically just... It could have been a glorified DLC for Arkham City. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I I can't wait to see what Rockstar does in this world again because they've got to go back to it and they... Please... Rocksteady. Rock, what do I, what'd I call them? Rockstar. Rockstar. Yeah, thank you very much, though. That is, that is a very, very important distinguish, uh, difference to make. But um, with Rocksteady... Um, I'd want them to make a Batman game where they don't have to find an excuse to clear Gotham. Like just, just, and don't tell me it can't be done. Look at the Spider-Man games. You just make it that you can't punch civilians. You just make them. Yeah. And if you get Conroy back, you know, he'll be like, hello, citizen out of my way. You know, he'll do something. It'll be, it'll be hilarious. It'll be great. Um, yeah, completely agree on that front. Another game that I was really, really hyped about and tracked its development and read every press review because back in the day when we knew about this stuff, we didn't have the internet to tease us. We had magazines and then the demo discs to be able to to, be able to bring that in. I'm going to talk about Killer Instinct. Do you remember Killer Instinct? The first proper fighting game to be of a new IP outside of the Mortal Kombat and Street Fighters and all that sort of stuff. I followed that to the nth degree, man, because I wanted an N64 so much. And as I was charting the the release of the N64 being a kid, they kept talking about this Killer Instinct game. And unfortunately, it kind of died a death. It will come back. I'm sure it'll be rebooted one day. But I was proper hyped about that. And when my neighbor got it and we played it together, I was like, oh my God, games can be gory like this. I know Mortal Kombat done it before and everything else. But for me, I love the Killer Instinct. I thought it was such a cool game. Mate, my thing is, my childhood was basically spent playing Metal Gear Solid, Gran Turismo, football games, and wrestling games. And I think the biggest hype I've ever had for a single game was probably WWF No Mercy. Following the WWF SNW Revenge games, like those were great. Like, you didn't have to be a wrestling fan to love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like, when No, when no Mercy came out, I, I, the hype was just beyond anything you'd ever seen. Do you know what I mean? You, oh my I, God. I know actual wrestling fans will say no mercy and rightfully so. And I respect your opinion, of course. But can I raise you? WWF SmackDown 2. Yeah, no, right. So, and this is the, right. The, I was going to Moses pulling that because, ooh, face. Yeah. Because, because that's, this is the thing, right? Because No Mercy and SmackDown 2 basically came out at the same time, if I remember correctly. Pretty much they're the competing ones, right? And. SmackDown 2 had outrageous hype. 
that delivered in spades. And No Mercy had outrageous hype and delivered in spades. Now, I will say that as time has gone on, No Mercy is considered the, the best ever wrestling game, certainly in in, in a Western wrestling game anyway. Mm. Um, but SmackDown 2 is fondly, fondly, fondly remembered. It's still, I played it a couple of years ago, still holds up and it's still fun to this day. Those games, the hype was outrageous and they delivered and then some. Oh, not not like WWF Warzone, okay? I remember as a kid going to the local library and going on to um, some kind of WWF Inferno website that had news on WWF Warzone, a game that was inexplicably delayed by like eight months as well. I read that magazine from cover to cover many, many times. That game, I went to the, I went to the shops on the morning it was released, right? It finally Gangers was released. don't know how, like, how well they're eating now, do they? Right. I went to the shop with my dad. I don't know how I was obviously a young kid at the time. I bought this game on release date and I went to Electronics Boutique. I think it was still called then. They gave me a free WWF Attitude t-shirt, right? Oh, the they had like the monitor. Like the monitor at the top was playing like the intro movie. And I was like, look at it, Dad. There it is. At the game. <laughs> you know, I'd saved up my pay. If I remember, I paid some of the game in 20p's. Because now I saved up money basically to buy it, right? I got it home, I put it in, and this is a boy that was basically been spending the last years playing the WCW NWO Revenge games or WCW versus NWO World Tour. The games that were incredible, Warzone came along with its roster of about 12 guys and its despicable animations and it's horrible commentary. Oh, heartbreaking. And I, heartbreaking. I, was, I was devastated, mate. I, I remember seeing that going, oh, no. This this isn't. Would what you I like to play again? All. You have selected no. No. Oh man, I was so, I was but, glad, man. So I was um, I was a Dreamcast guy, and I stand by that console, that that glorious machine. Uh, and one of the reasons why I was turned to the Dreamcast, and Miles, you know, you know where I'm going. Like, this is going to be like, this is on brand for us because Resident Evil Code Veronica was uh, there was a deal. And again, if I had time, I would make a documentary about Resident Evil games. Um, so basically, what happened was. After Resident Evil 2, uh, Capcom was looking for potential suitors of where to take the franchise next. And they'd done a deal with Sony to produce the next big Resident Evil game, which inevitably become Resident Evil Nemesis. However, they also done a deal with Sega and they said the exact same thing. And Sega were like, no, you can't make a Resident Evil game for PlayStation Sony. You're making our game. It's going to be a console exclusive for us. And they go, no, 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 relax. It's cool. We're basically going to do a story set during Resident Evil 2 for the PlayStation, and we're going to carry on the, the canon with you. You're taking the story forward. Don't we? No, we're worried about, bruv. So I, and that's how Sega positioned this. And in the Sega magazines and all the press outlets, they're like, the story continues on Sega. There was even an advertising campaign, Resident Evil, the story continues on Sega. And I was just like, oh my God. So I started following it. I started reading little tidbits. I started looking up what I could, very limited internet access at the time. It was basically the library uh, at school or the, li- the public library until we got a- an actual PC at home. And I would study every little detail about this game coming out. And I don't know, I think maybe because you're so hyped as a kid, that even when it's bad, you won't admit it. You're just happy. And I I, I haven't revisited Resident Evil Code Veronica since it got re-released on PlayStation 2 as Resident Evil Code Veronica X. But, and I really hope they do come back and do a remake of it. But I was so happy because it did introduce a lot of stuff. And 
as mentioned in other episodes when I talked about the fidelity of the Dreamcast at the time was Chef's Kiss Beautiful. Seeing Resident Evil in that fidelity at that time was amazing. For me, it delivered. Miles, did you ever go down the Code Veronica route? And do you know what? I haven't. I haven't. There's a lot of good canon stuff in there. I recommend if you could find like, uh, gameplay-wise, it probably doesn't hold up. But if you can find like a YouTuber of someone explaining it and showing some key elements from it, there's some good stuff from it. I generally, I dug it. I thought it was a pretty cool game. And so, chaps, anything else on the on that front, or have we talked it to satisfaction? I think we've talked it to satisfaction. Honorable mention to uh, Jack Two, which was not Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. I'm going to mention it every bloody episode. Still <laughs> disappointed, right? Still disappointed. And well, also I, another another honorable mention to Grand Theft Auto 3 as well. I know we've given that game some love recently, but I remember reading the hype about that game and that delivered in in in, uh, in many, right. many ways. So right. and you know um I mean? Vice City. Oh. Mate, the the hype behind that and the expectations. Because first of all, it was before 80s nostalgia was a thing in pop culture, right? Don't 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 at me at that. Like I generally believe that Vice City kind of walked so that Stranger Things could run. And I'm sure there's a there's a there's a chalkboard somewhere you can draw those lines. But for a solid two years, there were screenshots being shared. And because it's a visually stimulating game, I'm not talking about the strippers and stuff, although the strippers and stuff, I mean literally the neon, the pictures of Miami all that stuff, it was appealing on magazines. It was appealing to do in culture because it would draw your eyes to it. And that's why we all read and learned so much about this game, yet it's still delivered. I didn't realise I was watching Scarface until I played Vice City. And then as an adult watching watching Scarface, I was like, they just took the game and they made they ripped it off. <laughs> but it was so, so, so good. I'm going to do one last disappointment and I'm going to honour this one out to Matthew Jackson, one of our listeners. He purchased Big Buck Hunter for his Nintendo Switch and they sent him a lovely little gun and the gun doesn't work. It's a piece of crap apparently. So justice for Jackson. And uh, if you are thinking about purchasing it on sale at the moment, I think the advice is don't. <laughs> So uh, let's round this one off. I want to thank, first of all, our producer, our man in the chair, uh, Jonathan Moles, a.k.a. the producer. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. It's been a good, good pod, this one. A good, a good pod, a good, good pod. pod. And uh, that leads us on to my co-host. He is the Souls playing, sunshot shooting, international soccer star pro missing Michael Carden Edwards. Anything at all? <laughs> You got it, my friend. No, it was a good stuff, boys. Good stuff. I'm very hot at the moment. It's like 30 degrees here at like 11 at night. So oh, hey, I'm cooking. I am cooking. Yes, let's, let's let's finish this show to then enable the fan. Exactly. And if you're a fan, you could subscribe. You could like. You could follow. You can check us out on Twitter at Grey Fox Plays. Ooh, god damn! What a good set, Mr. Michael Carden Edwards. Um, anyway, if you've got a vaccine appointment, make sure you attend. Uh, Look after each other, be kind and everything in between. It's been a pleasure serving you.